to The Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob, and I have a very special guest for a very exciting show today. Leo, everyone. Uh, hello, Leo. How are you? Hey, Rob. I just saw for the first time the picture you selected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I think that works really well. Uh, that's amazing. I, you you couldn't have picked a better one. No, I, I'm doing good, man. What about yourself? I'm good. Thanks so much. Uh, listen, um, if you guys listened to the Blood Tithe coverage, which me and Adam did, uh, you'll have heard me talk about Leo, who's running a Soul Black Grave Lords. Uh, Are you running a Castelli list? Yeah, it was the Castellina Gash list. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I have a huge amount of respect for Leo as a gamer. I, we've done coverage and we saw him win uh, Bloodshed in the Shire. Uh, and previous to that, last year I spoke about this. We've uh, we've had the. Uh, I don't know if you listened to Monday Show, Leo, but last time that we had mm-hmm. Iron Jaws released as a book. There were two people who I interviewed about it, uh, Nathan and you, for this kind yeah. of like very uh, like uh, like opposite ends of a conversation about how to run a book. Um, Absolutely. Uh, which uh, I find quite fascinating. You are like polarized people on the subject. Uh, not yeah. that I think either of you are right or wrong, um, but you did a, an intensely good uh, breakdown and you prepared an even better breakdown for us this time uh, to talk about Iron Jaws. What is it about Iron Jaws that you love? Man, it's honestly speaking, it's probably the best army that Games Workshop had designed in terms of the rules, their interactions, the fact that there's so many things that you can do with them, but it just makes sense. Like some abilities or some books, you often feel like there's a really cool theme going on or it ends up being really powerful, but at least some of the abilities end up being janky or a bit too powerful or they just feel like they're a really negative play experience. I haven't really any, heard anyone ever say that Iron Jaws is a negative play experience. It feels like it's, quote-unquote, a fair army to play, but has such fantastic potential to like just to make a good game for yourself and for your opponent. And, I mean, who doesn't love Smash and Bash? <laughs> that's that's the best thing of all time. I love yeah, it. And I agree. If that was the only rule in the book, I'd still run it. I think uh, I think one of the things that I found most interesting uh, listening to how excited you are about this particular book is that Iron Jaws specifically have always been kind of considered to be like the most honest army. Maybe yeah. it's because they have little to no shooting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Like, uh, and they've gone kind of through this evolution over the over the different battle tomes and and also iterations of additions for Age of Sigmar. But I think whenever you see an Iron Jaws play, you just know that you're going to have a great time. I don't know what that is exactly. Uh, but it's true. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to hear your thoughts on it. And also, you also have been playing a, a bunch of different armies, like like we mm-hmm. saw you do. How well did you do at Blood Tithe? Because you were part of a four man team, uh, mm-hmm. so you would have been paired into different matches. Did you win quite a few of your games? How did how did you solve? Yeah, so I, I did personally really well in Blood Tithe. So I won all my games with Castellai. We obviously we had the benefit of like we designed that list to win certain matchups, and we were able to pair me into them. So I obviously had a good starting hand, if you if you know what I mean. But I yeah, I played some fantastic players. Um, I played Dan Bradshaw's Lumineth. I played two lists with four Mega Gargants. I played Dan Arnold's Ideneth, and then I played Craig Navmar's uh, Legion of the First Prince. Pretty pretty good. You were against some pretty good players with some pretty competent uh, lists. I'm gonna say absolutely. Yeah, no blood ties. The the level of play and the level of army like the quality of the list was i don't think i've ever seen an event with such tough lists everywhere so i was really i was really happy with uh, how 
our team did as a whole because even in round five we were in it to win it if we had won that round and then obviously with being able to go 5-0 against such strong players yeah like it really a really really good result ultimately and again for everyone at home i'm a huge fan of leo and i'm a huge fan of his like gamesmanship on the tabletop it's one of those things that i walk away from this is this is just you're gonna have to accept a compliment now one of those things that i walk away from when i do coverage of games um is i like when i see plays sometimes i don't understand people's plays and people play mm-hmm. a level maybe beyond mine uh, and sometimes i just like seeing how people play on the tabletop and i've loved watching you play warhammer you you approach it in a in a way that necessarily again i really like that conversation i think you and nathan are this kind of, and the specific conversation about iron jaws is such a great kind of like hey the game is different people's way of going into the into the game like nathan's like a maniacal shaman yeah and you're like you're like like you're (laughs) and you're you're a very analytical and like considered player and i I think that that that's a fascinating kind of take um and so i love watching you play also part of team fiction and the bad moon not not sorry sorry south london legion crew uh, absolutely nice nice shouting Shout, shout out to everyone there as well and but just just to what you were saying about Nathan and me, like I think it's also a testament to Iron Jaws that you can play the army in such polar opposite ways, or you can design the list in such a different way, and still go into a game and have like all the chances you need to win. So like, it talks about just as much as about me and Nathan as it does about the army. I think. I think that's a fair point. I think, I, I think that's well put together. All right. Let's do it, shall we? So uh, you prepared. Yeah, let's do it, man. You prepared. This is fantastic. Maybe also, um, me and Leo talked about this off air, the proto version of presentations from the Oswald Gamer going forward. Uh, but this is Leo's 100%. Uh, so thanks for doing this. Uh, so take us through it. I'm just going to be your slide man is what I'm going to be. So please. Absolutely. I mean, go. if there's one thing that anybody who knows me is that I, I love my prep. So when we were chatting that we could talk about our just like, okay, I, I'm going to need to prep for this thing. Like, like never before and i'm gonna to have to put something together because what i really tried to do with this presentation is that i know there's been lots of videos there about iron jaws reviewing scrolls or even talking about tactics but i really wanted to try to bring some perspective and try to bring it together in something that won't take you hours <laughs> to kind of get through uh we'll also share these slides afterwards where you have all the information so reading it won't take you more than 10 15 minutes but i'm hoping that there's a lot of insight into at least how I think about the army and how it can play and perform. And maybe you can take that either into your games if you play Iron Jaws or if you're trying to play against them, to try to see how you can maybe beat them or beat with them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about like the format is one of the things I'm quite excited about as a wait because I, I like... I like... I like the idea of someone else going through the process of analysis. I normally, what I do is I get like, I'll, I'll be very quick to this point. I go through a whole book and then I go back to my starting point And I mm-hmm. think, what is it the book is trying to tell me or tell mm-hmm. the audience? And then I, 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 so the presentation is often different for each individual book, especially yeah. towards the end of Age of Sigmar 2, because they're all anarchically trying different things. I think Age of Sigmar 3 might be more formulaic, which I don't think is It bad. seems like it so far, at least with the first two books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. All right, talk me through it. Yeah. How to yeah, let's do it. So, let's talk about how we can really play Iron Jaws in the current meta, where we have all these god monsters running around. How yeah. I think you can still go five out with them. Uh, I, I've kind of broken into three things. Just talking briefly how the army actually plays, what does it do in the meta, and then kind of talking about what have, what are the changes in the army from the old book to the new for those who have played it before. And then I just kind of want to show some of the building blocks you can have in your list design when you're writing your Iron Jaws lists. Okay. But 
And I can I, I saw a comment on the on the chat where like next slide please. We can make this full corporate lingo. So like if, if you don't mind going to the next slide please. Um D done boss man. No problem. Thank you very much. It's the most so, corporate I've ever been. Thank you. I appreciate it. But okay, so let's start off. Iron Jaws, what what really is are they as an army and what do they how do they place in the meta? They are an incredibly synergy and combo based army. It, it reminds me of the old Daughters of Cain, where you could just layer buffs upon buffs upon buffs. And they've kind of kept that theme true for the new Iron Jaws. So you have plus one to hit, charge, random damage available to you with zero interaction. Like, your opponent cannot stop it. And then you even have a further plus one to wound from, like, either the spell or a triumph that you can give to your army. And you even have a 3d6 charge available to you on a three plus. Like, it's amazing how much you can layer on. Um, something that I think when you first look at the scrolls isn't obvious is that Iron Jaws is an army of movement. They have so many different movement tools. You can Mighty Destroyer for a hero phase move. You have a teleport spell that lets you teleport any unit with Iron Jaws keyword and Aura keyword. And then you can redeploy with the new command ability. You have a mount trait, you have a command ability, you have a blood tooth ability. Like basically, there's so many things you can do to try to outposition your opponent in the army. And combining with that is that the army does a whole lot of damage. It's extremely high quality. Like you can have high rend attacks with really good to hit and wound rolls. But that comes with the downside that there's basically no range output. You could ally and shoot as I suppose, but like realistically speaking, you're not looking to shoot anything off. And the only mortal wounds that I think you'll see from the army is from charge impacts, either from the pigs or the maw crushes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, with all of the buffs that you can give the army, you can output melee damage like no other army, but it is rend based and it is melee based. And that's one of the key strengths and the drawbacks, I think, of the army, and why I like the design, because it has pros and cons. And then, just noting that, unlike Cruel Boys, Iron Jaws are actually really survivable. They have a lot of wounds. Almost all of their saves are on 3-plus or 4-plus. Mm -hmm. But given the kind of extreme hyper-damage meta we are in right now, in AOS 3.0, that still isn't really enough. So you do have to be careful with the army, but it's more survivable than most. Yeah, like I yeah, I can completely understand that. I feel like you also have a few more wounds on like maybe like a storm you would see a stormcast list with better armor saves, but you kinda get a few yeah. more wounds for a lower armor save. Um and how that pans out in kind of the survivability they obviously also have like, you know, like um uh like hit returning units and other stuff, which is mm -hmm. an odd take for Stormcast, but like they have that now. Um and maybe Iron Jaws yeah. don't. Uh, do you think there's, is there a, something I'm not seeing here yet, maybe it'll come to later, is there a tempo issue, do you think, with Iron Jaws? Uh, specifically, like, late game summoning is really good with, for summoning mm -hmm. armies, so sometimes some armies scale quite well, like we saw Bill's army do at the weekend. Uh, yeah. Do the Iron Jaws army have to engage early to be, like, competent, would you say, or is that not the case? It depends. So, you're right that there's, the army does not get stronger as the game goes on. So, you ultimately need to put a lot of either board pressure like you know space pressure to your opponent or literally just go and try to kill them in the first three turns i think but i mean for example the invitational that you hosted for south london legion and uh, dragon slayers back in august mm -hmm. i played 
iron a pretty suboptimal iron jaws list i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but this the game that whereas on stream against lumineth you actually saw me not kill anything and just stop your opponent from being on objectives complete battle tactics and die slowly so unless your opponent can also effectively contest objectives and take those points away from you quickly I don't think they necessarily need to do anything except the objectives and the scenario or the battle tactics to win the game. But I mean, you're right. They don't have summoning. They they're a very honest army. You you don't get any units back, so that's a potential drawback. Yeah. Okay. No, it's just just an an interesting one. Like I think that's always something to think about um, because I'm always like because I know you're probably going to talk about like alphaing mm. and move blocking and I guess kind of the two well the one major example of that is the gargans they they do that yeah. move on objective hold and survive um you know just when it came into high survivability I kind of wondered what your thoughts were there basically like do they need to do that early but I'm sure you're going to get to it mm -hmm. please no please for sure you. no no okay but no that's that's all that's a great point and like we could be talking loads and loads about some of the finer nuances of the army, but I, let's try to weave those in as we kind of talk through some of the building blocks in it. But the only thing that I kind of wanted to say high level of the army for those who haven't really played against them before or or alternatively just really don't rate them, I think they're placed very well in the meta. They have a really, really devastating alpha and one turn kill potential combined with the movement plus smash and bash. And... Unlike in Age of Sigmar 2.0, where you have layers and layers of chaff screens, those have been really devalued in 3.0. Firstly, because a lot of people are chasing the one-drop builds. And chaff screens don't help against Luminous shooting you off the table. It doesn't help you to win against Gargans and so on. So a lot of these armies where you normally or previously would have seen a lot of chaff screens now are really, really light on bodies that they can put in front of you before you get to the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And that has kind of pretty directly helped Iron Jaws' uh, performance in the meta, I think. And we'll see, once people start taking the new book, just how much they can do there. And combined with that, like I was alluding to earlier with the Lumineth, like if you can't beat them in melee fair, in a fair fight, you can just play your battle tactics and objectives. Like you don't really need to engage. I know that, for example, Math Mello has talked about that in Sylvaneth, like, you know, a lot of people look at that army and that they don't do damage, but he just plays the objectives and battle tactics. You can do exactly the same with the Iron Jaws. Yeah. You have fast, durable, killing monsters, right? Mockrises are fantastic now. And with various things you can do with your brutes or just like by sheer body count, you can even just sit on objectives. Okay, sweet. Sweet. All right, love that. Love yeah. that. I'm... And the my favorite thing about the army, they do enough damage to beat Gargans. So if you yeah. face Gargans, you are favored in that matchup. Yeah, that's I, you, I see you've got that there, right? It beats the DPS check versus Gargans. That's the kind of big conversation, right? Like, yeah. can you do that? I guess, I don't know if you saw the stat show from Monday, but I guess the other kind of conversation is about Sentinels, and I brought this up against Nathan uh, on Monday night as well. Uh, do you yeah. feel like that, that's an issue into the army, or like... The... So Gargans, obviously, I don't think they are. I think New Iron Jaws is even better at killing Gargans than my Castle and Nagashless was. Mm -hmm. And that's a very reliable matchup. So you need to play accurately because if you miscalculate things, <laughs> you're screwed because they will continue to hold objectives. But as long as you know what you're doing, you should be winning majority of your games. 
when it comes to sentinels it really depends i i like iron jaws into the kind of three fox and um the three fox and 30 sentinel list mm-hmm. i think iron jaws pairs very favorably there mostly because they have so much movement pressure that can do that the foxes will run out of options to block quite quickly mm-hmm. and the 30 sentinels alone just don't do enough damage fast enough to stop everything from connecting to your army oh, yeah and once you're into that castle then exactly yeah. and then they're dead yeah and even if you're not like you can just send your more pressures in there and then everything else in your army is sitting on those objectives foxes count just as two models and objectives so even though you might be feeling like you're losing because he's just whittling you down with shots if you're just focusing on breaching the castle and holding the objectives with everything else you have, I think that army will have a miserable time against Iron Jaws. Oh, exciting. Exciting. Because that kind of, that really changes the shape of the ongoing, like the introduction of the book and also uh, those yeah. lists changes the shape of the whole meta because it's fair, mm-hmm. I would argue, fairly dominated by those Sentinel Castle builds at the minute. Yes. Like, so that actually, that's pretty telling because that will push them down that mm-hmm. opens up options for other armies, which might also, those other armies might also bring Gargants down. So I think that's a fascinating kind of like future predictor or trend that we could see. No, I think that's a great point. And like, you're exactly right. Sentinels and Gargants dominate the meta. If your army can't deal with them, don't expect to win tournaments. But I think well played Arrogos can do both. That's exciting. Love that. Tell yeah. me how. That, that's me the how. hot take of the show already. Like it, it beats anything you throw at it. Anything anything where the models are released anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> we'll ignore dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Just let's ignore storm drakes. Uh, okay. Uh, should we do we next slide or are we still Uh so yeah, so just very briefly, so I it's not all super rosy. Like I just wanted to acknowledge that some god lists can prove challenging. I'm not saying that Nagash, Archeon, or Techless hard counter Iron Jaws, but you really do have to know what you're doing versus them because you can't play like you normally do. I mean, as you'd expect, because those models are there to warp the normal game experience. They're so powerful that they force you to play differently, and that's sometimes not easy for Iron Jaws to kind of navigate how to do that. But yeah, it's a great army, easy to learn, high skill cap, 5-0, approved. Oh, five zero approved. Okay, um, just you shout when next slide. I'm on. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Done, boss. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this, yeah, I'll be doing this later today, but in another context. So <laughs> let let's talk about playstyle and common combos of Iron Jaws. And this is where I really I think Nathan and I will differ because I think Nathan is a far more aggressive player. Mm-hmm. Whereas I have always been a more positional, kind of grind your opponent down, force them to make small mistakes. So this slide might look drastically different if we'd asked Nathan to fill it out, right? But I think that's a cool part of the army. So from my perspective, it's a board control army. Like the threat of violence is so much better most of the time than actually going for it. What a great quote. And and really, what I would look to do with the army is to, starting from your deployment, build that oppressive board presence where your opponent is damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, if they come into you, okay, now you might get countercharged, you might get redeployed, or you open up a weakness on a flank where you're fast enough to engage. Or if they just sit there 
and don't come threaten your or challenge your board control or your center control. They just lose because they don't have the space to do anything. So it's that that's kind of how I play it and how I played the old book as well. It wasn't about tabling your opponent, although the list certainly can do it. Like if they make a big enough mistake, absolutely go and kill them. Like no questions asked. Like the army can do that, and then it's game over in one turn. Mm-hmm. But okay, let's let's suppose you've done your board control, and your opponent is playing well enough that you actually have to respond to it. So the, the next aspect is that it's, it's a brutal army. You have to pick your fights and then commit to them. Um, it does no melee damage, or sorry, no shooting damage or spell damage. So you you don't get to do free damage. Everything that you do will be melee, and if the opponent survives, they get to hit you back. So what's really, really key, right? And I think you've seen this in many of your games, is that if you miscount and the target survives, Iron Jaws gets hit hard, and that's when you get into trouble. Yes. And the only thing that I can say there is that once you, if, if you're really aiming to do really, really well with Iron Jaws, even against the top-tier armies, you should have a good sense of like how much your army will do damage in various scenarios against like the most common meta builds. So then you can know with confidence that if you send six pigs fully buffed up in, like barring any crazy skew dice, you will get to activate Smash and Bash. Yeah, because because you're effectively what you're saying is is that when you do choose your fight, it has to activate and, and like go in your favor. Um, exactly. Like, uh, like you can't just decide you're going to attrition. Like sometimes I'll just throw twenty pink horrors into an objective, and I'm like, well, I'm going to sit here, and in three yeah. turns I'll work out what I'm doing after that. <laughs> like, like it's not meant to win. Whereas you, you have to, you have to go in, do the job, yeah. and then move on, because that maximizes obviously with smashing and bashing. Exactly, and that that's kind of the second aspect of this, that you don't need to fight fair. The army seems very fair, but actually when you play well, it almost seems like a forced sequence that the opponent just has to go through where they just can't do anything. Like when you're trying to beat your Teclases and your Nagash lists or really any of the top tier lists, maximizing how you sequence your Smash and Bash will be most of the time the difference maker between a win and a loss. Because so you need to take be able to do so some damage for free and the only way this army does it is through smash and bash yeah uh, and smash and bash for you guys if uh, one an iron george unit wipes out uh, a unit it fights in combat it immediately then gets to activate another iron george unit so you can effectively chain uh strike first or s- chain fight in sequence uh with mm-hmm. uh, your iron george unit so the more units you can it definitely wipe out in a go um, before your opponent yeah. gets to counterattack, it's, it's it's a fantastic, it's a really nice rule, much better than mm-hmm. the always strikes first, always strikes last kind of like time that we had in Age of Sigmar, which is thankfully slowly behind us. Uh, but like, it, it's very strong, right? And very very strong, and it can lead to some re- really really beautiful sequences. So it's like the chess equivalent of if somebody makes a large enough mistake, there's a forced checkmate sequence that they cannot stop no matter what they do. That's exactly what you can do with Smash and Bash. You're like, okay, well, this unit is going to go first. It's going to kill that, which means that this unit gets to pile in through and kill whatever was behind. And then you just sequen- like sequentially, without them getting to activate anything, you wipe out and it's game over. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So what you're really saying is is you think the army players are setting up like a uh, like a big strike and then you, brutal, you, you do the brutal at that point. Exactly, or it, at least some kind of combo needs to go off. You don't need to get five units to activate, but you typically do need two or three. Mm-hmm. 
amazing. Okay, cool. Right. And then just a nod to some some of our more cunning generals. I really do think that I should probably play Cruel Boys <laughs> because I I mostly focus on the cunning tricks rather than any of the brutal brutal power. Mm. Is that one of the most common ways I've seen Iron Jaws players lose? And this happens a lot. And Iron Jaws win rate has never been particularly good. Nope. Like on an aggregate meta level, is because they just overextend. And they overextend by, because they want to create that really cool one-turn threat where they're like, well, now the Mawkers is in and it's going to kill that, you know, 20 Wardens. And they haven't really pre-planned it enough. And you're now out of position for with all your other pieces in terms of positioning for buffs, like War Chanters. War Chanters are really slow and they're the linchpin of the army. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, when you're re- if you really want to try to up your Iron Jaws game, is you have to think about, okay, in two turns time, I need my War Chanter to be 17 inches that way, because that means that I can still charge that, you know, with my Maw Crush and be buff in buff range. Like, it's that kind of pre-planning you have to take into account to yeah. really make sure that you always have the tools you need to win. Yeah, because the army is base strong, but the War Chanter, like, increases the army significantly outside, like, yeah. the Maw Crushes. Um, and so, like, like it doesn't feel as restrictive as, like, say, a Slaves of Darkness army that's got a holy within a lot of holy within buffs that you have mm-hmm. to think out ahead of time. That War Shrine always has to be in the right place, um, and a few of those characters always have to be in the right place. But you are effectively like, where is my unit going to be versus where is my War Chanter going to be? Often, exactly, so, and especially with the change to uh, the great big green hand of Gork, that's maybe maybe become even more important in the army. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and for reference, what Rob's mentioned is that the teleport spell used to be wholly within 24 inches. It's now wholly within 12. That's a lot more difficult to be in range of. So, so if you're running that in your list, just make sure you have a plan for it because there's some really great options where you don't run it anymore. So if you if you like it, I like it, I probably run it. You just need to make sure that you know what, what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... That's a great segue to some of the move combos, and this is where I think the army is so, so cool and where the high skill cap come, come in. Is that with the movement tools, there's some common move combos that you'll see Iron Jaws players do. And this is helpful both if you're trying to learn the army or if you're trying to understand what you need to do to kind of counteract what they're doing. So that is, um, first of all, you can teleport 12.1 inches away, and then you can mighty destroy it to be 3 inches away in the hero phase. That means there's no redeploy. It's just a three-inch charge. And with the new Iron Jaws Wog, where you get plus one to charge, you physically cannot fail that charge anymore. That's something that I think a lot of people who will get used to redeploy will... It's easy to forget that Iron Jaws can just get to you in the hero phase, and then you're kind of stuck. Yes, yes. Because they're setting up like maybe a clever redeploy. Um, exactly. Maybe... Or maybe they're just screening and they don't really uh, like. Yes, like they've they, they're so yeah yeah. Like it's it's gonna catch people out. I can't in my head yet picture it properly. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, like I, I'm gonna need to see it play out a few times on the tabletop to really get it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's gonna it's gonna really hamper people's ability to plan ahead. No, exactly, and and it's a great tool for Iron Jaws players to punish any mistakes. Uh, but the, really, the biggest thing that I think. When a lot of people look at Mighty Destroyers, they see, or they used to see Fighting Hero Face, which unfortunately no longer can do, and they saw the double move, in, or like moving the Hero Face. But I just want to flag that charging a unit in the Hero Face is just as strong, if not more powerful now. 
First of all, it just flat out denies any kind of unleash hell. If you charge that unit of 30 sentinels or that unit's nine storm feeds in the hero phase, tough luck. They don't get to shoot anything. Some of the more kind of niche scenarios is that it's a great soft counter to Fangs of Sotek. So you charge in the hero phase, they activate their BS ability to shoot you and run away. Nothing in the core rule stops you from then moving in your hero, uh, movement phase and charging them again. Either making them waste two CP and a tremendous amount of board's presence, or then you just get to hit them regardless. Yeah, And that's something that Seraphon would rely on, is that, oh, it's a melee army, I win for free. Well, not against Iron Jaws, because they just get to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, and you'll run out of space. And also that Unleash Hell, it, I think a lot of people are building into their list, like, cool, if you charge, like, they're not thinking, I need the 10-man unit as well. They're thinking, yeah. cool, if you charge me, I'm going to Unleash Hell. Like exactly. Like, 30 yeah. Iron Drakes, for example? Yes. Great. Have fun charging me. Well, we will in, in Iron Jaws, because we'll just do it in the hero phase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, then, I, I think that's really clever. One of the more advanced concepts that you can do with charging in the hero phase is that you can charge in the hero phase. This works best with something like pigs or mockers that are fast enough. And then you retreat in the movement phase. Since you've charged that turn, the rules still allow you to get a pile in, pile in, in the combat phase, even if you're outside of three. So you could charge something, retreat to a wholly separate unit, like outside of three, and then you still get to pile in and fight them, but they won't obviously get to pile into you because you're outside of three inches, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And obviously be wary of redeploy, but then there's a whole metagame that you can play on, on some of the, like, you know, if your opponent knows what they're doing as well really well, is that, yes, they might redeploy, but then you can use the threat of this to stop them from redeploying anything else that they might want to redeploy. Like, leave this movement last. So either they forego their redeployment and you get a slightly suboptimal combat with whatever you were going to do this with. Or they use it earlier and then you get to do this trick anyway. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. That's clever. And then, finally, obviously, the new Mokrasha, spoiler alert, it gets to do three command abilities or it gets to issue command abilities three times. Triple redeploy is pretty busted. Not going to lie. And as is triple counter charge in Iron Suns. So you might face a situation where you're like, hey, I'm on an objective. Cool. Well, because you're within nine inches of three units, they're going to come in D six inches closer. And then in your opponent's here, or charge phase, you charge all three units in. I hadn't even thought about triple redeploy, triple counter charge. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. That's so yeah. good. It's, it's, you'll start, like, once people get used to the new army and the triple thing, I think you'll see that trick a lot where they'll put only a tiny presence on the objective to make it difficult for you to charge. But if you if you commit too much, in the Iron Jaws player's opinion, they'll just come closer to you and then they'll charge you. And what are you going to do? It's three units, potentially a thousand points of army suddenly coming into you. Yeah, yeah. What can you do? Like, nothing. That's it. Like, because yeah. you have to move on the objective. And uh, then that's insane. That's so good. And all, yeah. like, yeah, there's little, like, oh, wow. So good. And you can't training. redeploy when it's your own turn. So you can't react to that anymore with the unit that you moved, <laughs> even if you might want to. So it's it's great. Uh, amazing, I love that. That's so cool. good. How and then that finally, a nod to Nathan. Obviously, you could just go alpha and go kill them. It, it works. It actually works really well. <laughs> you could do all these cutesy things about moving and like 
outmaneuvering your opponent, or then you just, if they make a mistake, or even if you just want to go for it, just go alpha, or go for a one-turn kill, and it'll work quite often. I think so. I think yes. Like, I, th I, th I think it will, or at least it puts the pressure on your opponent that they're going to make a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think what I quite like about maybe the to boil down the two playstyles is what you're doing is you're creating the opportunities for yourself. And I think yeah. the aggro nature of Nathan's playstyle oftentimes just makes their, his opponent make mistakes, whereas you're, for yeah. you're forcing the mistakes. He's just like giving them the option to make the mistakes, which I think is quite, quite interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, sweet. Next slide, boss man. Let's do it. Done it. Uh, cool. So we talked about what the army is. I've hopefully convinced some people to at least give it a shot or at least fear it if they face it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk what really changed. And I, what I tried to do here is that book has been out for a while, but not necessarily everybody has gone through and really looked at what has changed, like compared to the old one, if they're used to playing the old army. Uh, some of the strong changes is that teleport now works in Auric. So I think once people get over the fact that you can take 27 bulk boys, you'll start to see some big wah um, synergies where you might be teleporting either Gotrapas or some of the bolt boys into position to shoot or just take space or Hobgrot. Uh, they might not be orcs. But anything that has orc in the entire book, you can teleport, which is so cool. It, it opens a lot of synergies up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The second thing is that Iron Jaws Wog is, is now a lot stronger. It's first of all, I didn't even realize this at first, but it's not a command ability. It's just an ability you get to do. Yeah, yeah. So whereas before Iron Jaws was super, super CP hungry, they're far less so now. And I mean, getting plus one to rend is fantastic. It, it feels like a bit of a consolation prize to get plus one to charge, given that you used to have a baseline, but at least there's some way to get it for a turn. Uh, new mount traits are amazing. Fast one, loud one. They're the great ones. You get to either move or you get to AoE roar. Both of them <laughs> sound pretty insane. Sub-factions don't require artifacts, so you get to take your tome and your amulet every time if you're running two artifacts. Which is great. Which is so good. Mm. Smashing and bashing is unchanged, and given the amount of damage that the army does, I'm quite surprised that they kept it and they didn't cap it. I'm very glad that they didn't. It also feels like, uh, compared to the Allegiance abilities, that we, we haven't... These are the first two books we've seen. Um, mm. And I also think that the Cruel Boy's got some uh, really nice Allegiance abilities as well. But compared to the Stormcast ones, it feels like it's a significant, like, free ability for an army. If everything yes. gets dropped down um, to around the Stormcast level, then I feel like Iron Jaws have got, like, a very good, like, toolkit set of free Oh, absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite thing, they kept Mighty Destroyers. I was really worried this was going to go away. I mean, you lost the Hero Face fight, but there's a good reason for that, which we'll get to in a second. And But you kept your double move, which is so pivotal, and it just it, it helps me play the army that I, uh, I at least like to play. Mm -hmm. mm, and there's a cool new command trait, but really, when I first saw like the Man Reads book leak on 10 a.m. on that, like, you know, fateful day where we saw the book for the first time. Yeah. I was feeling really negative after just seeing the changes of the Allegiance abilities because you lost Metal Ripper's Claw, so you don't have your Rend 3 Mokrasha anymore. Mm. You lost some of the strong artifacts, so you... Destroyer is really strong, but that's that's it. That's the only one. Yeah. You lost your Hero Face Fight ability. You lost your plus one to charge. You lost your D6 move trade. You lost Ironclad, Brutish Cunning, Live to Fight. You lost Weird One because it sucks now. <laughs> 
and I saw these and I was like, God damn it, they did it again. The bin guy is here. Like, <laughs> I, I already had seen the leak of the Storm Drake uh, spells or like the War Scroll. I was like, God damn it, like, here we go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure, in isolation, Iron Jaws Allegiance abilities might have gotten a slight nerf. But I think when we look at the units, you'll see that if they had kept the old ones, the army would have been almost as good as Storm Drakes. And Storm beating... Drakes are too good. And they're bad for the game, right? They're yeah, so yeah. good that they're genuinely bad for the game. So yeah, yeah. to be almost at that level would have been bad for the game as well. So I'm, I'm glad that they kind of toned it down. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, like I also feel like the 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 book itself it, like is less com- like less complex, uh, but it's more focused. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and I think the sub factions more than the Stormcast one like give you more utility and option. Yes. Um, it doesn't necessarily change what you're going to take. Maybe it does a tad, uh, but like I think it gives you more tools, which is great. The, the the army almost feels like it has more tools. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because now you have the CP to use the new 3.0 mechanics and you got some extra ones or you kept got to keep some of them. And now you get them for free. Like it's You have more tools than ever before, for sure. Okay, yeah, good. All right, that's, that's a nice, nice feeling to be confirmed. Good. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, but really the story is uh, the unit changes and the hero changes because we were the biggest winners there, I think. I'm on to the next slide. Yeah, that's the next slide. That's the next slide, please, uh, <laughs> Hugh. Um, okay, heroes. Iron Jaws is a great army, by the way, because it just has six heroes and six units. So you don't have to review tons and tons of duds. And I think basically all of them have a good place. Maybe, except Kragnos. But... <laughs> which is sad, because I have model that. terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Uh, okay, but the star of the show is the Maw Crusher. Like, I don't understand how this got through, but I'm very glad that it did. So Maw Crusher went down 15 points. It gained three wounds. Okay, it lost one attack. And it lost their rent, or reach two. But now you have an ability that when you issue a command ability, it affects three friendly Iron Jaws units, mm-hmm. not just one. So there's an open question whether it works on all-out attack and all-out defense. I would obviously like to rule it that it does, because I think that's the intention, but I'm biased, so I'll wait to hear the official FAQ. Yes. But even if they rule those to not work, that's still triple Mighty Destroyers or Redeploy or Inspiring Presence or <laughs> you name it. That will change the game. Like That is so strong that you will genuinely... The meta will shift because of triple double moving units in iron jaws agreed agreed i think like we, we've seen how powerful just just one uh like double speed unit from helon in lumineth realm lords is and yeah. its ability to get around the board having three units that can definitely aggress across the board that quickly is phenomenal i guess especially into a shooting meta yeah especially into a shooting meta especially in a smaller board where the objectives are in the middle mm. you're all there and then your opponent needs to deal with you and I, I thought, like I thought about it, and the best way to describe Maw Crushers now is that they're a blend of Vordry and Catacross, because they do some obscene amount of damage, but they're just they're basically as survival as Catacrosses, and they give the same amount of army utility with this triple uh, command issue. So they they really are an S tier unit, 
both internal balance and I, I'd argue even external balance as well. Like this is one of the strongest units in the game now. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think I think the movement is. Would you argue? Would you agree that the movement is the key factor in what makes it so yes. potent? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good. And I mean, with fast one, you can even triple move. With, but that's that's another. <laughs> that's a whole another thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. So then, just I won't spend as much time because that's really the main message here. But war chanters continue to be the a really, really important part of the army. They became cheaper for some reason, and their baseline chance now work better. <laughs> And they kept their plus one damage. Like I'm not, I'm surprised, but I'm not complaining. I would have thought that they would have become expen more expensive if they got any kind of buffs. But hey, it's a big win for Iron Jaws. It's a lot easier to build lists with them when they're cheaper. Also, uh, am I right in thinking that like you previously f chose a beat, but now all of the beats are on the War Scroll, so you've got ac you've got more utility in that you you were you're not locked into one beat on your drum. Unfortunately, no. Oh. The the scroll specifies that before the battle begins, that you have to pick one of them. Okay. But I, the buff here is that it works on a three plus basically. Okay, amazing. All right, fantastic. Yeah. I don't understand why they didn't give them priest keyword. I, they clearly have a issue with priest and destruction, which is pretty ironic. <laughs> but. Like, it, I would have loved to have like a generic prayer on them as well. Yeah, but... I'm not quite sure why a Wurgog prophet isn't a priest. <laughs> but no, exactly. Like... like, okay, sure, whatever you I mean, want. I... <laughs> like, I asked Simon from Saffron Legion, was like, I think the only priest in destruction is the Thunder Tusk, right? The Huskard and Thunder Tusk. I don't think there's any other priest in destruction. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think there are any other priests. No, the priest keyword is something that they forget about. I think they forgot yeah. generally about it, and then it just happens to happen. It happens to be. And they randomly game. gave it to Engine of the Gods in an FAQ that nobody asked for. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. They're like, oh, maybe do that. Uh, yeah, fun. exactly. That, that's that's the quota for a priest keyword in the game. All done. Yeah. It's all in Seraphon. <laughs> anyway, which is weird because I anyway because they literally yeah, anyway, have gods. Yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't it, it matter. Is. Like they, 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 it isn't the current law that we won't get into law. Let's carry on. Sorry. Um, no, I, I agree. I agree. It, it's so silly. Uh, here's a bit of a tragic one: the Mega Boss on foot. I think if the Mega Boss on Markrusher didn't exist, you'd see two of these in every list. They're fantastic value at 140 points. They gained attacks. They gained fight on death in combat. And they gained the same ability that Mockrusher has, but just two. Nudis, not three. Which makes sense, because it's just 140 points. But if you think about it, in absence of a Mockrusher, that sounds so busted. Because <laughs> it's yeah. a cheap way for you to get double Mighty Destroyer. It just so happens that the army can also do a triple. But yeah, there might, we might see builds where we run in. I think if you took the Mega Boss on foot and put him in any other army at 140 points, people would be over the moon. Like with his exactly. stat line and everything he does. He's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, seven wounds, three up save. Like, I think it's like eight attacks or something obscene like that. No? Like, because they gain well. He's not movement four, is he? He's, like, he's still fast-ish. Uh, I don't remember, but with Mighty Destroyer, it can always be fast. Yes, that's true. Good point. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, just briefly, we're not... It's not it's exciting, but it's really cheap now. So if you want to run teleport, your hellbent running teleport, or if you'd want to not run a mockership with a tome, you could take it. It's pretty cheap now. 
could help you get to six characters for like the double warlord as well, I suppose. But I think just the way the points work, you won't see it super often. Yeah, yeah, I would. You, you're always gonna. I, I, do you think you're not gonna see the shaman at all, or you well, not as often? <laughs> Only in builds where you have six characters, I think. Okay. All right, like if enough. you run six, then it makes sense because you might as well, and it gives you a bit of utility. But I think otherwise, you'll you'll get your spell casting from arcane tome on a mark Russia. Interesting. Because then you're just you're just you're subsuming those ninety points, which you get nothing else for his war scroll, right? You're subsuming that into taking off the points on a more crusher. Okay, clever. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh Gordrak is a bit tragic. It gained four wounds, which is great, right? Yeah. But it's on a four plus save. Mm -hmm. Like it just dies to even like Well no it definitely wards. dies to Iron Joss very easily, but it dies to just about everything now. Yeah. Yeah. And no ward as well. Like it, it's weird. Yeah. You almost feel like every name character should like very much like in forty k. Just they just have a four up ward. You just like like the yeah. ones that stand out is like oh a three up ward. Like it's exactly. just like you're a name <laughs> character. Here's a four up ward. Like off you go sort of situation. Um, but yeah, like it's weird because uh, yeah, it's that weird. It's a apart. shame because you can't make it tankier with artifacts or traits or anything. The only cool thing with it is that the command ability... He has the same ability as the Crusher, but it works on friendly units. So oh, okay. that's, that's one way you could make Kragnos be slightly less bad, is by running Gordrak, but then you're running Gordrak to make Kragnos less bad. <laughs> Which sounds like a, not a winning move. No, but, I mean, you could run triple um, Unleash Hell with both boys in Big Wild, for example. So there's some play, maybe I just don't really see it with the, how expensive it is. I agree. Yeah, I I, I super agree. I don't I don't see the utility in there as well. And like you see, there's 80 points difference between that and the Mega Boss of Morkrush. And then if that happens to be the one that you're arcane toming, then that takes yeah. you down to 390 points for the Mega Boss of Morkrush versus Gordrak. Uh, so mm. you know you're 170 points uh, like, up basically. And it's so bizarre as well because if you look at what they did with, for example, Soul Blight is the named version, like Vordry versus uh, Zombie Dragon, it's a 20-point difference. Log of Eye and Vangorian, I think, is similar as well. Like it, I don't understand why it's 80 points more, but anyway, whatever. Mm. You won't see Gordrak often, but some hardcore fans will run it. Yeah, I think so. Or they'll try and do something janky in Big War. Um... Or that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's not even talk about Kragnos. It's a shame. One of these days it's going to be cheap enough to run, but not this time. I think I've been saying that about Godrak for four years, though. So, yeah, still waiting. Still waiting. <laughs> I'm the real priest in the destruction matter, just praying every day. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the units. I've moved on with the slide. Thank you, thank you. Um, the TLDR, the TLDR here is that all of them are good. Excellent. Um, I think the two standouts are Gorgrantas and Brutes. But I think there's a lot of play for hard boys as well. But Gorgrantas, they got cheaper. I don't understand why. Because they got better. The pigs, uh, pigs hit and wound on threes as baseline. That used to be on fours. And the impacts are more reliable. <laughs> and they got 20 points cheaper. Like, I'm not complaining, but it's really, really bizarre that they did them. So I think you'll see a lot of units of six pigs. Which is just 300 points for 30 wounds. And frankly, with all the buff layering that Iron just does obscene amount of damage yes 
yeah, really, really good. Yeah, like I like that they that, that like used to do the plus one. I I mentioned this on Monday, the plus one on the charge mm-hmm. on the pigs, uh, but now it's just a base three. It's just even better. Yeah, it's, it's just better. It's just flat out better. Yeah, yeah, really good. I can't believe they went down twenty points. I didn't know they were one seventy before. That's amazing. Yeah, and they were really good at one seventy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. That's fantastic. Uh, Fifteen wounds, uh, one hundred and fifty points, and it's the speed, right? Like you say, with the. Yeah. With the um, uh, yeah, with mighty destroyers, that just makes them yeah. crazy. It's nine fast. inch hero phase move, nine inch normal phase move, two d six plus one charge if you're Y. Like they're fast. And uh, a question yeah. in the chat has been, uh, what weapon would you put on them? I even with the old book, I always run choppers. The what I think a lot of folk don't necessarily realize that the coherence change. You can do like a reverse arrow, where if you think of a unit of three. The two flank ones are slightly more forward in an angle, like where they're kind of facing diagonally towards whatever the target is. And the middle one is just so. That lets you have like a unit of six and still have every single one in combat. Mm -hmm. That being said, if you're running a list like Blood Tooths in particular and you want to run like say 18 pigs, because the mortal wounds are on a two plus if you're armed with spears... The blood tooth ability lets you charge if you have a if you're not in combat but you have fought in the phase. So what you could easily see happening is that you do your big one turn kill combo, you wipe out the screens, and then eighteen pigs charge again at the end of the combat phase, doing another fifteen mortal wounds just to whatever was there. Mm-hmm. Like that's really strong. So if you want to do some kind of combos like that, spears. Otherwise, I'd run the choppers for the extra attack. Okay, yeah, I would I would always do the choppers just for the extra attack rate because then when yeah. I, when I when I use the war chanter I get more damage to attacks which feels positive for me. It's 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 very positive. <laughs> <laughs> I do love positivity. Idiot, uh, well, thanks for subscribing by the way. Um, sorry, after you. Come no, on. no, no, absolutely. Um, brutes are finally good, which I'm very happy and it kills me at the same time because for three long years I've campaigned against them and how bad they are. But they finally did the rules changes they required <laughs> yeah. to make them good. Their their base run two, which is almost unheard of for a battle line, right? Yep. Is there any other unit in the game that's battle line that apart from Stormdrakes that get um base more tech, rent more tech are the like the constant ones because they're base one and then they often in because true. Like that's but they're, they're like which is why they're so so good in um uh oh, what's it called petrifex because yeah because you can give the rent if you don't need the uh savory rolls mm. but i mean you can make your brutes rent three with what so that's that's pretty great yeah and the ability to stop one wood models from counting towards objectives is really strong against some of this nonsense that you'll be seeing maybe with like pink horse bam or like you know some kind of like chaff body cap that's just there Especially when you combine it with uh, Iron Sun's counter charge, so that even the, in the opponent's turn, they can't just outmodel you on an objective because you're just going to charge them and kill them, mm-hmm. or at least turn their objective ability off. They're they're strong. They they're slow, but with a triple mighty destroyer, um, I think they're now an extremely solid choice if you like them. I think I think I think that special rule has really brought them into play. Like they yeah. don't necessarily do super well into the Gargant meta, uh, but with everything else that's out there, I think they're excellent. And they want to be fighting 
uh, big god yeah. monsters, like 10 of them, want to go and fight something like that, or even five, and you're going to do some really, really solid work with them, and they're 160 points. It's crazy cheap, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very competitive now. Yeah. And you're saying that they don't do well to Gargans, but I actually disagree, because one of the... I'll, I'll talk about that a oh, bit sorry, more. I mean, because that... of the ability. I, I mean... Oh, I, the I ability think they, is useless. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. they can fight Gargans 100%. Yeah. I just think the ability... Like, what's nice is that they're, they're a duality, right? Like, they, yeah. they work super well into those one-wound models anyway, Absolutely. because their rule overrides them. But in combat, they're also going to be able to fight. Yeah, you're super right. Sorry. I should have been more clear. No, no, absolutely. No, yeah. And then the final one, I'm both happy and sad about this. Art Boys... I mean, you're not you're not going to see those Art Boy lists that you did, like, in early AOS, or, like, with the new book early on, where you ran 75 of them in uh, Big Wah, where they came back on a 4+. But they're still really good, in my opinion. Um, that's maybe a bit controversial, but they are now just 85 points for five. Mm-hmm. And for that, you get 16 attacks of fours and threes. No random one damage, but whatever. It's 10 wounds on four plus and then a six plus ward. If you run a unit 15, and that's what we do in one of the example lists, the four plus rally is kind of obnoxious on them. <laughs> and a unit of 15 is just 255 points. And that's something that you're going to really struggle to shift from an objective. And they still do a lot of damage when you buff them up. So uh, they remain really good, in my opinion. And the, and you also want your opponent to charge something that isn't your main boys. You want to be ca- like you you want to be counter charging and or yeah. charging your opponent. So you kind of want something that is going to be what your opponent has to charge on an objective, right? Yeah. And our boys is great for that. They're really tanky for their points cost. Mm. Mm. Uh, um. Moving on, because I know that uh, we have some lists and if folks have questions, but Rogue Idol, I think we're going to actually see it. It's a sleeper choice, particularly if you want to run Battle Regiment, which seems to be where the meta is skewing towards, because it's a monster. So it fits into that uh, extra slot they get in Battle Regiment. It has the Iron Jaws keyword, so it benefits literally from all the synergies that we've been talking about today, apart from Teleport, because he's not an orc. But he's a great way to deliver rent 3 damage during WA. He has a built-in 5-up ward, 16 wounds of 4 plus save, and he gives plus 1 to cast. So if you run a Maul Crusher away the Tome, he's just base plus 1 to cast. Like, this dude is great. He, you'll see him a lot, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. Plus phenomenal model. like Yeah, like, super cool model as well. So what's not cool. to love, right? Yeah, yeah. Like what's not exactly what's not to love is fantastic, and four thirty for like a monster is excellent. Like yeah, four thirty like for that. a monster that can move twenty inches in Iron Jaws is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's like, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's very, very good. Yeah, and then the name units you can take them if you don't want to run battle line. Like if you don't want to bleed battle tactics, you could, I suppose, run them as screens. I don't think you need to. Because I think you'll either tech into not caring about it or then taking big units and not having any easy targets. But that's the only use I really see for the named units. Okay, yeah, I agree. Excellent. Yeah, excellent breakdown. I really do think. Yeah, you convinced me a bit more on Ard Boys, uh, to be honest. I was a bit like unsure the other day. Um, but let's, yeah, let's look at the list examples. And then yeah, let's look at it because actually the first list is all about Ard Boys. Okay, sweet. And I apologize for the corny names. I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> I think I think we should like I've always loved really cool names for lists in Age of Sigmar. Something we should all do. So please, I, I think it should be mandatory. Like it I should, think it should, it should give you plus five tournament points just so that we can see people do it. Like, yeah, 
I agree. Yeah. In fact, excellent. Let's. We'll, I'll <laughs> suggest that to the TOs in a moment uh, after the show. Amazing. Yeah. But okay. In in the name of trying to like, just just before I walk through this list, I think Iron Jaws is so flexible that you can run almost any collection of models and do well with them. If you really want to optimize them, you probably want to tech into one unit type, maybe max two, like for your battle line. But ultimately, as long as you're running more crushers, war chanters, and some amount of battle line, I think you're going to do really well. But I just want to highlight some of the different combos that you might want to get into your list. Mm. Uh, well, this one, you have three war chanters and two more crushers. I've taken on the more crusher. Well, first you have an amulet destined in the fast one. <laughs> That's an obnoxious combo. <laughs> Eight team wounds and three plus five plus plus is pretty strong, especially yeah. when he can heal and he gains wounds whenever he kills anything and he'll kill a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and the other one has the new command trait where when you cast, you have to pick a unit within six inches and do D3 mortals to it. And yeah. the amount of mortals you deal, not how many you allocate, you can negate them if you want. But mm. The amount of mortals you deal, you get to add that as plus to cast. Yes. And I've just taken teleport here because I think some of those shenanigans you can do with just even teleporting the Maw Crusher 12 away and then Hero Face moving him is really, really strong. But obviously you could take the plus one to wound spell as well, which we do in another list. And then just to show that art boys can work, we've taken 30 of them, <laughs> which is probably 30 more than most of folks who have initially written our uh, Iron Jaws list will have taken. Agreed. And then uh, five Bruce just to round it out. And I, I won't go through all the points, but because we'll, we'll share these notes afterwards so you can look at the list in more detail, but don't under, underestimate how much damage a fully buff, buffed Art Boys unit can do because you give them plus one to hit. You can get it from all-out attack or kill a beat. You can give yep. them plus one to wound from a triumph, which, okay, you may or may not get that. Fair enough. Give them plus one to rent for Wa and plus one to damage from a war chanter. And suddenly that unit of 15, costing 255 points, is doing 51 damage at rent one. Wow. That's, unless you all out defense on a Gargant, that's 34 damage through on average to a Mega Gargant. From 15 Ard Boys? From 15 Ard Boys that are just buffed up. Is coherency going to be an issue for getting them in? No, are they, could they reach over no with the combat clouds, it's fine. So that's the big thing that coherency is fine for 32 mils as long as you use those like really specific movement trees that let you have two models within one inch. Yeah, yeah, I know. That. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But okay. yeah, it's it's bonkers. Like it does, re and I mean, how are you going to remove those models because it's both of them are 30 wounds at four plus six plus plus. If they rule it so you can multi. If you can triple tap all out defense, they will be on a three plus. That's crazy. And then yeah, in both really hero phase, rally on a four plus. Yeah. Yeah, the rally the rally is phenomenal into those two units of hard boys, right? Because you're bringing back two wounds a go. Yeah. 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 So suppose ten have died, right? Normally you'd be bring maybe one or two, hoping for three or four. Here you bring on average five, but you could spike and bring like eight back. And that's another 16 wounds for your opponent to deal with. That's crazy. That's so good. Yeah. And again, it's just more, right? Because, like, like you, you aren't... Like, you look across mm -hmm. the tabletop and you don't worry about the 215-hard boy blocks. You no. don't care because you're looking at those two more crushers. So they're controlling the board space exactly. aggressively. Like, so you're not even thinking about the hard boys. 
necessarily. No. Like, that's but you kind of need to. Yeah, yeah, so, of course. That's what I love about Iron Jaws is that it just naturally has threat saturation. And you know how you were in the beginning saying that, like, you know, is tempo a problem? I think slightly less so in Ardboy lists because of the rally. Mm. Because, sure, you, you're not summoning more units, but it's exceedingly difficult to remove the existing units. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Fantastic. I love this. This is good. Because I really didn't think that they would be that that potent, but when you actually look at it as a list and you see that they're dealing with two more crushes, then, yeah, yeah this scales quite nicely towards the end game. Absolutely. And then, just a note, because it works, you can run this in Iron Suns or in Choppas. Iron Suns obviously gives you the counter charge, or Choppas just lets you have your entire army and plus one damage, which is... <laughs> Which is kind of crazy if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something a Seraphon would get, not something that Destruction would get. But it, it, you can make it work. That's very good, very good. Um, just to answer a question in the chat, you can't stack all that defense on one unit, but you can do it onto multiple units, uh, which is actually obviously fantastic. So being able to give plus one defense three times is uh, very good. Uh, oh no, we're not sure if that works yet at the moment. Actually. Yeah, so it may or may not work, but even if you don't, you can still triple redeploy, triple counter charge, and so on, or just give at least one unit it. Yes, hundred um, percent. Yeah, that, but it's still yeah. something to it, it, waiting for an FAQ. Uh, yeah, waiting is. for FAQ because I, I would obviously rule it that I get it, but I'm biased. So. <laughs> <laughs> Every Iron Jaws player also nods their head. Yes, yes, we agree. exactly. It's a fantastic idea. <laughs> Great for the game. <laughs> oh god okay so this i'm both happy and very sad with this list because i've now write, written a list with a lot of brutes in it <laughs> but he, here's i think how you can make brutes do a lot of work again I, I, the kits on the mock rushes are really flexible i'm just trying to highlight some of the different ways you can play your mock rushes but here you have two mock rushes two war chanters and then 25 brutes the 25 brutes are obviously terrifying because they do so much damage, and they can just sit on objectives, or even push forward, and that's that's a lot for your opponent to worry with, or worry, worry about. The what I really want to flag here is actually the Mawkrusha, with the Destroyer, mm -hmm. as like a cool tech build that you can do if you want to. So you have your Destroyer, you give it finest hour. And then you hero phase move it with mighty destroyer first. Then you fast one hero phase move it. You've now moved 24 inches. Then you movement phase move it. You now move 36 inches. You wind the charge phase and you're charging at 2d6 plus one. And then either with titanic duel or all out attack. That bad boy is doing seven attacks, twos and twos, minus two red and six damage. And then another eight attacks at twos and twos, minus three and four damage. That's that basically one shots just about anything in the game. Mm -hmm. It's a great way for you to start your smashing and bashing chains. Like if you if you like are while you're practicing that sequencing with Iron Jaws and you want to get better at it, this is just a very very simple way for you to guarantee that it goes off and you get to fight it with, at least with two units. And this is one of the builds where you can kill uh, two Mega Gargans without them even getting to activate. Because this one will just one-shot just about anything that doesn't have the amulet. And then 10 brutes fully buffed up, uh, just about kill one as well. So that's two more crushes, uh, sorry, Mega Gargant's dead, 1,000 points, and they didn't even get to fight back. Perfect. 
Yeah. Perfect. Well, like, what, what more do you want from a list, right? <laughs> what more do you want from Warhammer itself? Uh, exactly. It's kill two big babies, one go. Uh, perfect. Okay, good. So that's that's definitely, I think, pretty cool and strong. Yeah, I agree. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, like, and and also like a, a bit monosyllabic ultimately, um, but works well into like the meta, which is mm -hmm. nice, right? Absolutely. And if you think about it, also one of the things you sometimes worry about when you face bow snakes, for example, with iron jaws, is that either you deploy so far back, or well, okay, sentinels are difficult, but bow snakes, um, if you deploy so far back that they can't shoot you. They might just give you turn one, and you're really out of position. Yep. The Markrosha on fast one has no such issues, because it goes 24 inches in the hero phase if it wants to, and then another 12 inches in the movement phase. So you can play really conservatively with that, ensuring that it survives until your turn, and then you can deliver it to just about anywhere on the table. And I think a lot of armies will really struggle with that. Also hilarious in like the vice as a backline. Yes. Like absolutely insane. Like someone's left like one character in the back line to hold it while they try and push the center and then mega a faster mega boss just takes it and they're like <laughs> just uh, literally <laughs> runs across the entire <laughs> battlefield. I was not expecting that at all. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> and, how, and just thinking from an opponent's perspective, like I was thinking like, okay, so how does my cast a line gash list beat this list? I'm like it's actually really difficult to give counterplay or like stop that combo from happening because it's not a spell. It's just a command ability. So he will get to move 36 inches if he wants to. And then he could be just about anywhere, including behind. Like normally you would maybe position your monsters in a way that the tanky ones are in the front and then you have like a soft one just behind them, kind of like hug hugged by the two so you can't really attack it without, or like you just can't attack it. Not a problem for the more pressure. It just literally flies behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Super exciting. Love that. Uh, cool. One more list? Shall we yeah, do yeah, it? Yeah, one more list. Yeah, thank you. I, I really then, like then, this. Then I'm, like, I'm like in my chat. head, I'm like, do I have the money to buy that? Like, maybe I'm going <laughs> to Google after how much that costs. Uh, but excellent. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, another great thing about Iron Jaws, super cheap army to collect with the start collecting because it's really, really effective, especially if you want to run pigs and hard boys like this list does. Oh, okay. okay. Excellent. But, um, so, okay. We heard we heard the potential chat or hypothetical chat message, but it's not a one-drop. We need to play a one-drop. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, here's a one-drop that I think is brutal. So, you have a Maw Crusher with Fast One. You could run it with Destroyer. I've run it with Touch by the One, Basham Lads. That's really because you also run a Rogue Idol, so you could be casting your plus one to wound aura on a plus four. Mm -hmm. That sounds that starts to be decent odds, right? It's very good. And it's something that most armies won't be able to stop easily. And then you have two war chanters, you have three units of five art boys to be your battle line, and then you have two units of six Gorbrantas. That fits into a one drop. And really what this army does is that with fast one and the triple move, you could have your Gorbrantas, Rogue Idol, and Mawkrusha all hero face move. And then normal phase move, which means that 1,500 points of your army is 18 to 24 inches up the board, turn one. And then they get to charge with 2d6 plus one. Whoa. So if you think about something like your Luminous lists, where they're one drop, 
and they kind of deploy in a castle. They have their, um, what's it called? Goading arrogance, so your maw crush is all sad. But this has so much threat that can just punch through the screens, or at least, very least, lock them in. Yeah. That you will just table people in turn one if they don't know what they're doing versus this, or with this list. Yeah, it's so and aggro. Yeah. Amazing. And then obviously you could just move the Maul Crush also 36 inches if you so desire. <laughs> then you just you have to choose to one of the other units then to not hero phase move, but that could be well worth it in some scenarios. Oh, of, of course. Yeah, I, I, I even forgot there was a Rogue Idol in there. Like you put in yeah. 12 pigs and a Rogue Idol and then the Maul Crusher isn't in the fight. Like, yeah. it's, but then he can 24-inch move, right? So those three can go forward. He can 24. No, he can exactly. fasten. Sorry. Yeah, he can fasten and then move, normal move. So he can yeah. be up there with them as well. That's crazy. That's It's enough. so, so, so scary. Yeah. And I mean, just like, you can obviously play objectives on this. You'd probably try to do it with Art Boys and the War Chanters while these units wreak havoc. Mm. But this is like a very techie list. It's there for a specific purpose, maybe better in a team list or if you know your meta really well. Because it lacks the raw power of having two more crushers. Yeah. 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 Because you've got to make sure there's war chanters and the core chanters as often as possible. Exactly. And yeah. that's, this list will really struggle. The war chanters will get left behind. So unless you want to play it more passively. So you have to really know how much your army can do and whether it's worth it or not to alpha. Yeah, and then if it doesn't alpha, the, it's designed to do something. It's designed to do that, right? So then yeah. you're in a you're in a weird place at that point. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Or you could just play against another one drop and lose the roll off. So then you have at to, which point you scream with the Ard boys, and uh, but you're still fast enough to run past them if they give you turn one. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, amazing. I love that list. That's fantastic. Um, Leo, this has been phenomenal. I've loved this. Yeah, no, thank um, you, thank you. Uh, We've got some time in the chat for anyone who's got any questions. One question we saw already, uh, we saw that you've been working, uh, calculating some damage. What is mm -hmm. the damage um, uh, uh, based on? And uh, just while, yeah, what's the, what, sorry, what were you calculating against? Was it a four up armor save? Is this on the previous slide or? Uh, yeah, I think it was on one of the versus uh, a Gargan or something. I'm not sure on one of the slides. It was basically. Oh, like, if, what, if, if you go to the previous one, that's maybe the example uh where the mock destroyer so that's actually what that does i'm not saying how much it does um versus any specific unit what i'm telling there is that before you roll armor saves on average you're doing 29 damage at rent two so if you're against a five up save that would just be 29 damage if you're against a four up it would be 29 divided by oh god five over six <laughs> i'm not going to do that live but still a lot of damage. And obviously, as you stack the armor saves, it's going to be less and more effective damage. Mm -hmm. But 29 damage at rent 2 and 22 damage at rent 3 will punch through most things. Okay. All right, good. Uh, the question uh, in the chat also, it's on the first slide, uh, mm -hmm. is uh, does Leo have a Twitter? It's at TinyDino uh, AOS. Uh, so you guys can, and I'm sure uh, Leo loves talking Warhammer. So if you want to, oh yeah, especially if it's I, I can talk Nagash as well, but my true love is Iron Jaws. So like, <laughs> I'm so... always happy to talk about orcs. <laughs> so if you want to go add him on that, that was another question. Another question in the chat is, uh, I mean, what makes a list one drop or two drop? So there are things called core battalions, Nogal Matthew, 
and um, in those you have a specific core battalion. Normally, so if you have five units, that's a five drop army. If you have ten units, it's a ten drop army. But there are some battalions that reduce how many drops your army is because everything inside that battalion can be dropped as a singular one drop. But it does have to be deployed all at the same time now. So it's not as confusing as it once was. So that's the difference. So you could have a battalion with some units in and that's a one drop and then you've got three other units in something else. So that would be a four drop total. So just to answer that question. Uh, Bobbin oh, yeah, asks, that. why do you love Moomin so much? <laughs> uh, this is a... So... <sighs> <laughs> this is the background the background is in 2019 right okay i played in blackout my first game was against james tinsdale uh when he was running his like trademarked um i don't know list yeah where he named every unit oh and that made a narrative obviously not a completely top tier tournament army mm -hmm. so then as a joke i named all of my units after movements so my mega boss on Morkrusha, well, actually, then I wasn't running a Morkrusha, but my mega boss was the Grok, which is a character from um, movements, and then like all the different movement characters, like I named the War Chanters, I named the Art Boys a specific way. I was like, no, no, this is a narrative list, man. Like we're we're just having a narrative game. So it kind of started off as a joke, but it's also very fitting because movements are from Finland, like Duva Jansson, who created that. Um, series is from Finland. I'm Finnish, so I've always like the moniker Mega Moomin Mega Boss kind of always just stayed. And out of all the nicknames that I've had, I, I, I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay with that? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that that's the background story too. Like this, I I really appreciate when folk like think about narratives of their army and. I know that James really does actually think a lot about the lore, so this is not a slight to him. I just thought it would be a funny gag to name my list that was not narrative at all. I just tried to take the most efficient thing and just call it the movement men menace and go to bloodshed with it. Yeah, that works. Uh, <laughs> well, to finish strong, thanks, Gitli, for also stealing my joke. I was about to do that because uh, we're at time and I want to make sure uh, we give you the time. Thanks, Leo, for a phenomenal breakdown. Uh, this document that Leo has uh, presented is actually available for everyone to go and see publicly. So I'll include it in both the uh, podcast show notes, also the YouTube notes, so you guys can go and check it out, which is awesome. Uh, so thanks, Leo, so much for doing this. Uh, of course, man. Happy to. It's been amazing, and hopefully, uh, Leo also said that like um, uh, I might use this as a format in the future um, because I think it was it was it was really well done. Uh, so excellent. So thanks for for taking me. Through no, thank you so this. much, and genuinely thank you for having me. Like this, I I love talking about Iron Joss, so I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> I mean, it's better just people don't have to listen to my flapping gums. Is the, <laughs> the truth. I, I I'm worried that I I was just like monologuing the entire time, but it. <laughs> That's so, good. That's good. That's it, what so. people want to hear. They don't want to listen to me. Uh, hey, Morgan Storm Smasher. Uh, so excellent work, Leo. Thank you for being wonderful. Again, if you want to get at Leo on Twitter, you should do so. Um, and if you want to go through that document, it's going to be available in the notes. Uh, Leo, you got any shout outs before we head out today? Uh, just shout out, I guess, to all of the all of my bros who play Iron Jaws. Like, we our day has finally come. <laughs> The army is in a really, really great place. And then just shout outs to uh, both Fiction and Southland Legion, who, who who are just my, like, I play games with most often and practice. And they, they have to suffer through all my crap versions and revisions of lists. 
to end with the good ones. <laughs> so like, they they help uh, produce a lot of the things that we end up seeing at the tournaments or even in this show. So thanks to both of those groups. Agreed. Agreed. You're all great people. Uh, thanks, Twitch chat. Uh, join me again tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. Um, and also, I'm pretty certain now we've guaranteed live coverage from Bobo this weekend. Uh, so if you want to tune into the T Sports Network, we'll be doing. Uh, we're bringing you two tables for each round, five rounds at Bobo. Uh, I'm not certain if I've got an infield report yet. I might have. Uh, if there's any out of you volunteer to be an infield report, let me know. Uh, thanks, Leo. Uh, thanks everyone. Thanks for so much, bro. And thanks for being honest, War Gamers. See you guys soon. Thank you